our passage this morning comes out of prayer. Our passage this morning is a difficult one at times. You know, it might not be one of those great ones when we see hundreds, thousands of dead Egyptians lying there, washed aside by sea. It might not strike us as a great story of God's love, a story of salvation, a story of glory, of hope. But this is a story of prayer being answered. And it shows prayers being answered in the three ways that God most commonly answers them. God's people had prayed for release from captivity. They are people in two minds. There's a hint of that in this passage, isn't it? saying, why didn't you just leave us there? We were quite happy being servants and slaves. Well, they were, and they weren't. They had prayed for release. They had been oppressed. They had seen the plagues, and the large pillar of cloud leading them. They knew the promise of the, uh, the promised land. But there's still something that holds them back. They've prayed for something, but they've not really committed to it. They're comfortable with their discomfort. And despite the presence of God, they are fearful of the future. You know, we can know that we are safe, but still be worried about some things. With the toy animal that I got out earlier, There would have been people, perhaps here, perhaps elsewhere, that are fearful of it. It's not going to harm them. It's a cuddly toy from the early learning center. But the thought of what it represents brings fear. God has led them forward. He's brought the people to a place which means there's no way back. Once on the other side, they wouldn't be able to return. He wants them not to serve Egypt, but to serve him. But this physical separation of once they're through the Red Sea is only part of it. Only part of the plan of stopping them going back. The other part is to switch their mindset so that they will know and trust God. They will come to him in prayer. They will know that they are saved. They are a chaotic bunch. They can't agree on what they want. They've done nothing to deserve their rescue. They've demonstrated, are demonstrating, and will demonstrate again their reluctance to do as God requires. 
that God loves them. Although the people may be hesitant, God will do as he wishes. And so we see God answers prayer in a divine way. He's chosen the direction, and he leads us in it. And he doesn't let you go backwards. And we see this in how the fiery, cloudy pillar is there with them. It's taken them to the edge of the Red Sea, leading them all the way. And then the Lord's angel, with the cloud, moves behind them. He protects them overnight from the Egyptians. And there's light on one side and darkness on the other. There is God's people on one side and those who oppose God's people on the other. There is a separation that comes brought by God. And it's nothing that the people need to do to cause that. And there's nothing they could do to stop it. They simply have to be still, as it said in the reading that John brought, or do nothing at all, as it was saying in the reading that Faith brought. It's nothing that they can interfere with. They have no power over it. It is God's power. It comes and makes the difference and protects them. God chooses to be there and he is there and brings the divine action directly. That's the first way that God acts responding to prayer. Bringing his presence into it. And the second part is through human action. He tells Moses what to do. To lift up his hands. As the people had approached the Red Sea, Moses didn't know what was going on. He's as much in the dark as the rest of them. We're following the cloud. The cloud will lead us to the promised land. God's got it all in hand. And then they get to the Red Sea. What do we do? What do we do? And the Lord says, lift up your hands. Lift up your staff. Sometimes God wants us to do a human action. God can do anything. He's brought them to this point. He's moved his cloud without any human involvement at all. But he requires humans, us, to play our part. He requires humans to be part of the answer of prayer. A couple of weeks ago, when Mike Wheat was here uh, from Operation Mobilization. He was talking of things that way, wasn't he? 
He spoke of disciples praying about the lack of laborers for the field, and then the passage that followed being ascending out of the disciples. We might pray for a change to come in our community. We might pray for more people to know the Lord. We might pray for more young people to discover the joy that can be had in Boys Brigade or at Pulse or Pulse Junior or Pulse Plus or coming here to Lighthouse on a Sunday morning and so forth. But the way these prayers are often answered is by us going out and telling, by us playing our part in the response to God's call, doing what God tells us to. God can do anything he wishes by his divine power. He could go out into the village and come into each one's home and give them a road to Damascus experience, coming, speaking, making them drop to their knees. He could, but he sent his Holy Spirit to us to equip us to go out and tell the story and to share something of his love for others, to do something like take our try praying book and passing it on or leaving it in the right place that someone will find it. God calls us to play our part in the answer to prayer. Having moved his presence and directed Moses to lift his hands, the third element of the answer to prayer is how God uses the world around us. The wind starts to blow. A strong wind, an easterly wind, a wind that's coming from the desert, having little or no moisture in it. You know, at different times of year, we experience different things depending on where the wind blows from. When we get those hot winds coming up from the south in the Sahara, we sometimes end up with sand on our cars and things like that, don't we? Or sometimes the wind brings rain. Or sometimes it's just an incredibly chilly wind that cuts us through to the bone if it comes from the east across Europe. Here, the wind comes from the east and it blows a path through the sea. And the process takes all night. It's not that God just snaps his fingers and something happens. Sometimes he does that. Now, in this occasion, he brings the wind. And that's why he sent the cloud behind the Israelites to protect them because they were going to be stood in one place for a long time, for hour after hour, they have got to be stood in danger, but the Lord protects. To answer the prayer, he allows the wind to come, and slowly but surely the water is parted, 
until great walls of water are built up and the land is dry. It's not that a random wind has come. It's not a freak of nature. But truly, as your insurance policy might suggest, it is an act of God. It's an act of God bringing answer to prayer and bringing it through the things of the world, the nature that we see around us. With water separated to bring forth land, the way ahead is open. A new beginning has come for God's people. And it's almost a retelling of creation from their chaos of, oh, what's going on? And bumbling about at the side of the sea. There has come a separation of light and darkness. There has come a removal of waters from the land as the Holy Spirit and the wind has blown. They are people free to walk where no one has walked before. And they enter a new land of opportunity. Yes, it's the wilderness, but it's an opportunity. It's not yet complete. It'll be a long time until they reach, or rather their children reach the promised land. But the event of that day when the waters parted are a new beginning. It is their salvation. They were in captivity. But in answer to prayer, there is a victory over the Red Sea, over the Egyptians, and they are free to be God's people. Even the Egyptians had, before they drowned, realized their error. The well-disciplined, well-equipped soldiers who had the latest weaponry over these chapters 14 and into the next chapter 15, says time and time again about their chariots. Their chariots get mentioned over and over because that is how they're exerting their power. But the God the one God exerts his power in a new way. And the Egyptians declare the Lord is fighting for them. There's an awakening. They try to turn round because they realize that when the Lord answers prayer, there's no stopping it. They realize that God is with them. It's like the centurion's cry on witnessing the earthquake at the crucifixion. Surely he was the son of God. God answers prayers. He does it directly in his power. He does it using his power to equip people to do it. He does it in his power through the things of the world. The challenge to us 
is to try praying. To pray for God to act. And to be open into how he may call us to respond. Amen.